Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome to this episode of the Ace of Spada podcast, hosted by your boy right here, Anthony Spada. And on today's episode, I'm joined by a good colleague of mine, Zach Mobius. He is the king of systems, I call him. He knows everything with business systems, how to do it. Uh, we dive right into that. We dive into some time auditing. Um, basically, everything that you need to, goal setting, this is the episode. So before we get to that, as you guys know, I teamed up with Morphogen Nutrition. You guys can get 10% off all supplements using code SPADA. And I also have a few coaching spots open. I have about three to four open right now. So definitely go fill out the application in the show notes if you're ready to make change in your life because I'm here to do that for you. So guys, it's my pleasure to welcome on Zach. Mobius. I'm on about, I keep saying this every podcast, I think I'm on about episode like 16 of recording for this month. Dude. Yeah, like Pretty not great. for June, not for June, but like this whole May from like May, the beginning of May to yeah. now, I've just been recording like nonstop. Um, I just love doing it. Yep. And it's just, I just like connecting with more people in the industry, no matter how many followers they have, no matter what they do, they each person brings a different perspective. For sure. uh, but it's been the biggest month, like guest wise, the size and who I have on the show is like amazing. Like I have mine, the mind pump guys coming on. I just Damn. got finished. I just got finished recording with Justin yesterday. Okay. So I am, I finally have all three recorded and done. So I'm going to do a little mind pump series. That's going to be a cool thing. Um, but it's going to be dope because it's just been cool to see my whole change since i've created the podcast so what have been the biggest things you've learned since creating the podcast both like i guess personally and then like how you've conducted the podcast itself uh i want to say communication has been the biggest thing honestly (laughs) and connection um i was asked this a few times before and i was very nervous to ask people to come onto the show um back in like September, October, when it's been almost a year now. So I started recording August 17th. That was the first release episode. Um, so from there, I was kind of really shy about asking people, really nervous about a no. Yeah. That's kind of been the biggest thing is like people aren't afraid to say yes and come on a platform and just have a conversation. Like they're more willing to say yes than they are to say no. Yeah. Um, but it's also, but the biggest thing probably that I've taken away from, and I'm actually going to get into this in another episode. I was kind of tearing up about this the other night because my buddy asked me the same exact thing. Yeah. And it's just the impact kind of that many people have gone through the same exact thing, like in some sort of sense that I have gone through and telling my story gives them permission in their DMs to me to tell me theirs. Yeah. which is very powerful. And I was discussing it with uh, my buddy, uh, Dr. Dean McCormick, 
Uh, he wrote a book called Tea Time with the Reaper. Uh, highly recommend it. Super interesting title. Let me write that down. Tea Time oh, with this the is this is incredible. So it deals with his wife's like kind of him and his wife's fight with her going through cancer. Yep. And her passing away from it and everything and like his whole view about the healthcare system and all this and it's like incredible. Um, I listened to it because the first episode of his podcast is the whole book. Okay. Um, so I automatically like someone recommended me to have him on as guest, so I had to listen to the book first before I could even ask him. Yeah. Uh, literally right after I got done listening to the book, not even actually halfway through, I like told him I was like, "Do you want to be a guest?" And he was like, "Awesome!" Like we literally just had a conversation the other day, and my goal is to hopefully go back to my high school where all my whole story even like begins mm-hmm. and tell my story to those kids that are going through that. Like, cause there's kids that go through bullying, there's kids that go through stuff like that and it's hard for them to speak up. Yep. So, and it's hard for them to know what to do. And hopefully like my goal is to go back there, give a speech, tell my story and hopes that maybe some kid even says just one word, like affect one kid in a way that they even think about what they're going through and maybe like having them speak to their parents, having them speak to their friends, like something, something along that line. Yeah. And what is your like story? Like, I don't like outside of like speaking to Chase's group uh, and getting connected with you there, like, and hitting you up in the DM sometime. Like, I don't think I've gotten a really good grasp of like what your story is. Um, I've tuned into some of the podcasts, but I really love, love to know like where you're coming from with that. And like, what's the message you want to share? So, so back starting, I guess, all the way back in sixth grade, which is, oh, I guess, <laughs> I guess 11 years ago. I guess you could, yeah, 11 years ago. Um, that makes me feel old because that's like half my, that's half my age because I'm 22 now. So <laughs> you're just graduating college. Like, don't, don't give me the lecture. Like, yeah, that makes me feel old. <laughs> um, but so back in sixth grade, I was kind of, the smaller kid, I was about four foot four, like 60 pounds. Yeah. Um, that's when the whole bullying started. And everybody gets their whole friend groups. Um, our township has one huge middle school. Mm-hmm. So it all comes together. Um, I didn't really fit in anywhere. I uh, didn't really have a place. Like I had a bunch of like different people I would call friends, more like acquaintances that I kind of got along with in different types of groups. Yeah. But didn't have any like best friends. My best friend went to uh, boys school. Like he's like one of my neighbors, but he went to like a private school. uh, So we didn't get to hang out like every day at school. So I didn't really have anybody there to connect with. Um, Mm -hmm. And the bullying just got worse and worse and worse. Uh, I played sports to kind of try to fit in as best I could. Uh, Not really too good at the sports. So when you're not too good at sports, um, it doesn't really go too well. Uh, But then the bullying just got worse and it got to the point where I was going to end my life uh, when I was when I was 17. Uh, my junior year of high school, January, right before my whole sports season began for lacrosse, uh, I was kind of in my bedroom, like going to take my life. And something, I don't know what, but a higher power was talking to me that night and told me not to. Yeah. Um, and it was a blessing in disguise because I'm here now. Uh, <laughs> but it's... It was really kind of going through that. And then honestly, coming back here now, like being in this township that I'm living in because of the quarantine, Mm -hmm. um, 
I'm kind of excited to leave. So <laughs> I'm moving to DC in August. Um, it's nice because I went to DC. That's when I created the podcast. That's when I had the whole inspiration to create this whole thing. Yeah. Um, and it's just a new area where I can get another fresh start. But this area will always be deemed the area where, like, my childhood really wasn't that great. Like, yes, my parents were here. I had a great family, but my childhood wasn't the best. Yeah. Um, so my message truly is to kind of get all these people. And it's kind of my excuse to kind of build my own knowledge, um, kind of. like. But I want to get people's knowledge from them and be able to apply it to my life. Yeah. And, but I want to show people that they can make something happen. Like it's not the end for them. Like that's kind of the bigger goal for this whole podcast is yes, I do interviews. Yes, I do all these different things with it. Yes. It seems like it's a great thing. It is. Uh, but it's more showing people that they can do something. Um, and it gives me a distraction point from kind of those memories and all that stuff. I think that's super cool. And I think the biggest thing for me that I really got from that is like, it's kind of like that is one point in your story. That's not like the story. And I feel like so many people like myself included, when like trauma happens to them, you really associate with that version of yourself, even though you're significantly older, you've grown out of there. Like that's like what somebody else did is never going to happen to you based on where you're at now, but you're still kind of locked in that, like how you felt as a kid. Um, and then how many just like really offshoot behaviors come from that, that you don't realize until you look back and you're like, like, why am I like, why am I doing like this? Like, why have I had issues with like relationships? Why do I treat people like this? And it all kind of like funnels back to like how you got treated when you were in a position where you weren't really in control, but you blame yourself for that. Yeah. Yeah. The one thing I remember I was talking with Brad. Uh, Jensen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I went on his show. Actually, that's supposed to be out tomorrow. Nice. But when people are listening to this, it's going to be out way farther. Um, but um, I remember talking with him and I was just like, yeah, this, this whole kind of area, like you mentioned how grateful I say, like I am for having each guest on. Like he's like the amount of times you said thank you to me, like even before coming on the show, like I think I said it to him like three or four times yeah. um, every time we had communication. But it is because like I've been through that where I don't want to make someone feel like like I was felt as a kid where I felt kind of left out. Like like the point is like it's supposed to be just a conversation. Like that's the coolest part about a podcast is that yeah. it's literally just a conversation. Um, a lot of people treat them like interviews, but as I'm getting better, it's more turning into just organic, organic. And honestly, some of the conversations go completely separate than where, we, where I intended them to go. Yeah. Um, which is the coolest part. I think it's been like, you kind of mentioned, what did I learn too? Is like, that's the coolest part is the organic conversations I get from people. But yeah, going back to that, it's just like, I'm just eternally grateful for kind of where I am and kind of the opportunity. Like, like I really wasn't supposed to get in. Like, I wasn't always the smartest kid. Like, yes, I took some AP courses in high school, um, but I didn't expect to get into the college I got into. Um, it was my dream college. So I kind of had a visualization moment back in high school that I was going to get in there. Yeah. Um, and I actually did. And I took it for granted too. And the whole, that's only part of the story kind of went downhill. Yep. Went from 
like a 3.6 GPA, my, my summer session to like a 2.8 and then had to get it back up to now I graduated with a 3.3. Nice dude. Uh, dealt with like an alcohol problem to hide my anxiety. Um, but been through all these ups and downs within the last four years within itself, uh, has been challenging, but to finally like join and then given the opportunity that I was given last summer to go work for a great consulting firm, um, kind of you take those things for granted and people say like i'm the connection king uh (laughs) someone turned me the connection king i really don't like it i'm just not afraid to say no but i I would just run with it yeah it's still okay though (laughs) but they yeah yeah yeah. but they uh but they told me like i like apparently i didn't keep count of how many people's names i got over the summer like how many employees i met and how many Mm -hmm. upper employees are like you know you met with like 100 plus people and I was like, that's kind of crazy. And they're like, yeah, you probably were the most connected person out of this whole summer session. I was like, oh, I was like, really? I was like, people don't do this regularly. They're like, no. I was like, well, there's only one way to get a job. And I truly think internships are made to communicate with the, they know what you already have to offer. Yep. They already see that on your resume. It's your job to go out there and kind of show who you are now. So that's what I did. hundred percent, man. And I think like, I mean, going through the corporate world, I've been in for a bit. Uh, I actually just got out. Um, that's a really big part of it is like everyone, I think a lot of people look at it as like you're just this cog in the machine. But like it's up to you to like really blaze your own trail and like manifest your own destiny there. And the best way to do it is connecting people with people. Because like if you can connect with people and forge relationships, like one, it's going to be a million times easier to get your work done. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> and two, like when different stuff pops up or different projects pop up or promotions pop up, like you're already on that person's radar versus being like, Oh crap, I'm in line for a promotion or like, I want to apply for a new job. Now I have to like scramble to go get people. It's much more organic. Just like reach out to your network and be like, Hey, like I saw your team had like X, Y, and Z would love to do that. Yeah. Yeah. That's like, that's the goal. Like I have like my book from summer, like right next to me right here that yep. has all my contact information. So all these people are like, contact us when you move down here. Uh, we'll make sure like you get on the right contracts and stuff like that. And I was like, all right. I was like, I have a ton of people. That means I'll always have a place here if I need one. But the goal is to not really do that. The goal, the goal is to be there for about three, four years, probably, hopefully, um, and then get out. Uh, yep. I really want to do my own thing. Whether whether it's make this kind of my job, I'd rather make this my job. To truly be honest, if yeah. I have the opportunity, um, clearly it's a nine-figure business, as we all just kind of found out. Um, You're Rogan, man. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. Yeah. I don't think I'm getting up there because he kind of had these guests from the beginning, so we'll yeah, yeah. see. Um, but I want to do this to do my online coaching and stuff like that. Like it's pretty amazing how quickly things have kind of gone. Mm-hmm. Um, I realized over the past few months, like my clients like have stayed the same. I haven't gotten any new clients since the beginning of quarantine, which is kind of a little concerning, but I'm also like, I'm ahead of where I am. Like I just started in January. I already have like five clients. I'm like, okay. I was like, I'm in a good position. Some in a grateful position to be in. Um, so a thousand percent. And like, if I could give advice to you on that, like having gone through, this and I think putting off like starting my own business for a while I would really look at it as like where do you need to be with your business not so much putting a timetable on the work I would leverage your work like in consulting basically saying like how can I pick up skills doing this that other people aren't going to be able to learn to give myself a competitive advantage 
Um, that's how I've tried to leverage like every company I've worked for. And like it's paid off in spades there. But instead of being like, oh, once I get to like this promotion in three or four years, kind of look at it as like, where do I want to go with my personal business? Because like companies aren't going anywhere. You can always get another job. But I find like the work in your business in running that is going to like allow you to grow significantly faster than just trying to put it off and wear both hats. Oh yeah. Since, since we talked, I forget it was back in, I want to say it was back in January or February. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, like my systems have like significantly been more streamlined since like even just using the talk, it's just been so streamlined for how I collect my data and how I do everything. Um, it's pretty simple, pretty easy. Uh, people just have to take the time to kind of actually like not invest, I guess, invest your time because your time is worth a lot, but it's take the time and see and try different things, especially in the beginning of running a business. I think this is where I went wrong is I've gone from like a Google doc, like one Google doc to like three Google docs, but the three Google docs get me so much information that I need to get my clients to be more successful than they are. Mm-hmm. So it's like it just keeps adding up, but it's so simple to just add a sheet within like a Google Excel sheet. Yeah. And then it is to have like, oh, a Microsoft Word doc. Then you got to email that. And then it's like an Excel sheet. You got to email that. And then another thing you got to email that. It's all on one thing for the client to have like their plans all there. It just makes my life easier. And then setting the tone for emails too. It's just been incredible. But I want to get to your story too. Um, <laughs> so, so actually that, that was actually my first thing was talking about your consulting, going from consulting to going into your own business. So kind of yep. just give us a quick background. Uh, I kind of, I kind of want to refresh you too of where you started. Cause were you down in DC as well? For sure. I have never worked in DC. I've been to DC. Um, so I've worked for Amazon, Lockheed Martin, Uber, and Uber Eats. Yeah. Um, when I worked for Lockheed, we would go to Bethesda um, as part of like the leadership program I was in. So like every six months, we would like return to the motherland <laughs> yeah. and spend like a week there getting leadership development training. Um, had the chance to go out in DC. Really cool place. Would love to like spend more time there. Um, but my, my track's been pretty, uh, I was pretty conventional for a long time. So went to the University of Tennessee in 2008, 2012, um, would, like did not have a dream school. I like one thing like that would love to express the kind of awareness in is like the college process. Like, yeah. So like you like was like lived in like lived in Maryville, Tennessee, which is 30 minutes south of Knoxville. Knew the University of Tennessee was a good school. Um, applied there, got in, like that was basically it. Uh, and then went from Tennessee to, I got a job at Lockheed Martin. Okay. Uh, yeah, I'm from I'm from uh, I'm from Philly area, so nice. Lockheed's like right yep. up there up the road. <laughs> <laughs> so got a job at Lockheed. Um, was there for three and a half years and like learned a ton. Um, got to work on work on large scale aircraft, got to do a ton of operations and manufacturing work. Uh, but it was just one of those things that like while I was there, I never felt like I was fully tapping into my potential um, and kind of like a backstory there. So like when I was 13, I had viral meningitis, um, seized, coded, got brought back to the defibrillator, um, like heart stopped everything. Okay. 
So ever since then, I've kind of felt that it's really my duty to realize like whatever potential that is. Um, I truly believe that like God doesn't make mistakes like that. And like I, I got brought back for a reason. Um, so I, I kind of just try to take like the path of like not least resistance, but like this is what I'm supposed to do. So like college, good job, the government like contractor um, from there, like knew I wasn't happy, like really wanted to do more. Um, so I started looking at like other ways that I could like kind of grow my potential. Um, the tech company seemed like the next best fit. So I worked for Uber and Uber Eats for three and a half years doing everything from operations, analytics. Uh, I was a senior associate in global strategy for the past year and a half uh, and have really learned a ton. But like during that process really started to give me it, like the exact same image I got to leave Lockheed uh, was the same one I got when I was going through Uber of like, I feel like I should be doing more. Like I'm not tapping into this potential. I'm not really realizing like my true dream and my like unique genius to help people. So started um, looking at other avenues for that. And I went through a coaching course with Jason Phillips for NCI. Um, and this is after like years of being like the de facto person at work for like nutrition, fitness, because like I've loved it, played rugby in college, did Olympic weightlifting for three years afterwards. Like always loved like kind of like, how can I push my body and how can I fuel my body maximally? Uh, and was kind of like the de facto nerd for that at work. Like I would always try to be like, hey, if you do like this, this, and this to improve your sleep, like you're gonna have significantly better work output. I would do like weekly, like like monthly lunch and learns. Um, and I was like, well, why don't I just like go and pursue this and try to figure out like if it's gonna work. So I started the side business nutrition coach. And at one of the seminars with Jason, um, people were just going around the room and like talking about their problems. And a lot of the problems stemmed from their issues with business and specifically like how they were running their business and how they were trying to streamline, systematize it. Um, and I kept just being like, well, like what if you did like this, this and this? Um, and Jason was like, yeah, you should probably focus more on the business stuff like and coaching. She's like, I feel like that's, like that's where your genius really is. Uh, and like that really is the truth. Like I enjoy coaching. Uh, I still have a small roster of clients there, but the impact that I've been able to make through switching to business coaching and switching through like to systems and products um, has really just allowed me to like be much more fulfilled. Like looking at a coach who has so much potential, um, but the one thing holding them back is how they run their business and like helping remove friction points there, helping give them the tools to get started. Um, Cause I always hearken it back to if the doctors that had helped me like had given up along the way because of different friction points, like where would I be? So yep. it's the same thing with coaching of like, if someone really wants to be a coach and like has all the skills, like loves interacting with clients, loves doing all the stuff on the dietary side, but the business is the friction point. Like what can I do to help them with that, help them remove that friction point and allow them to like make a greater impact and help more people. Yeah, actually it's really funny cause I'm going through NCI right now. Um, I, it took a it took a little bit to get through just because the first half of the time, like I started in January, but the first half of the time I was like in school, yep. kind of still working through a lot of things, making sure everything was all good for when I'm done school. Yep. So, you know, you have to pass to get the degree to truly be honest. Um, Is that how it still works? I, I know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I truly don't know if it still works like that. Uh, yeah. I guess you could confirm with the college if you truly pass, but no one really knows. Um, but yeah, so I was like, I'm like right away from like submitting. I'm like so close to submitting my final doc. Yeah. Uh, 
I'm ready to get that cert because it will unlock a lot. I feel like, like, yes, I feel like a lot of people also get the, the notion of me getting this specific certification is going to unlock so much when it truly doesn't. It's about kind of the key aspect that I go with this, which is connection. Mm-hmm. It's connecting to the people that you want to actually build a business from. It's making change in those lives and making that connection with them to trust you to change those lives. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, it really is connection, but I think it's kind of, it's belief in yourself. Like so many times, like you have the skills and you're able to do it, but you just need to go through like whatever experience or challenge that is and really like prove that out to yourself. And like, you just have that internal belief from there forward. Like, yeah, like I can do this. Like I can coach people. Like I meant to do this. Um, whereas like all along you had the skills, like you had the willpower, you just needed to go through that like moment where it's kind of like flipped to the other side and like you kind of like realize those skills into something that could help the greater good. Yeah. And I think that's what a lot of people are going through right now. And that's kind of the phase. That's how I've been looking at it right now. I'm like, I need to get through this. I need like a lot of people are kind of like the same way right now. They're like, we need to get through this quarantine. Like need to get, just, just get through it and then everything will be okay. Um, it's kind of testing everybody's limits right now with everything going on. Um, so describe us. So I think one thing I took away from you is kind of clarity of what you want with your business is really important. Um, and goal setting. So let's kind of get more into that. So I want to get into that first statement. So clarity of what you want with your business is the is probably one of the most important keys. And I think it's something you need to have written out in the beginning when you're even, you don't need a business plan, but have a vision for what you want. A hundred percent, man. So I think the biggest mistake that I see so many business owners make um, is they don't have that vision or that endpoint. Um, and if you don't have the vision or the endpoint, like any road will get you there. Like if I just say that like, hey, Anthony, like I want to go to the mountains, well, like which mountains? Like I'm going to the Pyrenees Mountains, I'm going to the Alps, I'm going to the Rockies. Yeah. Like we've just covered three very different continents and I still like don't know, I don't have a plan there. But like the issue is if you don't have a vision, I think one personally, it's very hard to define the ideal business to get there. So what I try to educate a lot of business owners to do is like first set your like your vision for what you want out of your life. Like, what is your perfect day? Like, start to finish, like, what are you doing? Who are you connecting with? What are some of the things that, like, you really enjoy doing? Want to make sure you're doing every day. And, like, that's going to give you a lens to say that, like, I want to live this lifestyle. And from there, you can craft the business to fit that. What so many people do is actually the, the inverse or just no planning at all, where you build a business and, like, I mean, if you're coming in as an entrepreneur, like you're willing to put in the work, you have the skill set, you're just kind of like someone who like likes to get after it and make things happen, but you're getting after it and making things happen and you're moving in a different, like a thousand different ways. And I've seen a lot of coaches end up with a business that like isn't a great reflection of their perfect day or their perfect life. Like they're so inundated with the work that they've created for themselves that instead of like being an entrepreneur and getting to work on the business, they've just created another job. Yeah. And they are the sole prisoner of that because like if they take themselves out of it, everything else around them crumbles and they've lost their primary source of income. So the best thing you can do is figure out what is the dream life you want to live? What does that person look like within that dream life? And then what is the business you need to get there? Because the business is really just the vehicle or the vessel by which you achieve that dream life. Yeah. 
And I think the problem, I think something that some that people run into with looking at this is that they look at others, especially on social media. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this is one problem. This is the one problem I find with the fitness industry, the fitness coaching industry, is that a lot of coaches who have made it, yep. um, they don't, you never, you can't go far enough back to see where they were in the beginning. Like you can't go all the way down to Erin Diamond's first post or something where she like just started. Like that's like, that'd be a huge game changer for a ton of people. A lot of people are just seeing now her end goal with IFCA or something like that. That's yeah. she's making like, like insane amounts of money. Like the money's not the deal, but she's having so much success in living life that she wants to live. Mm-hmm. But no one really sees that first post all the way to her, like 6,500 posts that she's on now. 6,500. Yeah. Um, No, but I think you're spot on. And I think like that makes it a lot of like, it makes it really hard for people to try to see what does this journey look like? Because like when I do goal planning, I like to break it down into like, okay, like what is my goal? Like, what do I want to achieve? Like, what's the business with that? And then really, who do you have to become to get there? And I think the who do you have to become is the most important part. I think it was Jim Rohn who said, like, don't set a goal for the goal itself. Set a goal for the person that's going to force you to be. So when you're setting those goals, try to think of, like, what is, like, Zach or what is Anthony going to be like in two years that have to, like, has to achieve this? Like, what does that person think like? What are their beliefs? Like, what are their habits? What are their principles and values? Like, what are their skills? And then from there, you can look at where you are now and say, okay, like, what are my beliefs? What are my principles and values? What are my habits? Like, what are my skills? And where is the gap between those? Because I think like once you've identified point A and point B, you can then look at like the gap and start to like formulate a plan to get there and prioritize. Yeah. And once you have both of those, it looks really freaking scary. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's, like, it's like standing at like the edge of the Grand Canyon and being like, whoa, it's really, it's, it's like really far to the other side. But if somebody told you that if you go like half a mile that way, a quarter mile up, there's a bridge that takes you across, <laughs> it, it's a lot easier. And then from there, it's just like it's walking over, it's getting on the bridge, it's walking across the bridge and like eventually you're across the Grand Canyon. I don't know if there's actually a bridge to the Grand Canyon, but I think the metaphor works. Yeah, yeah. No, it does. And I think honestly, one part of the success might be also is writing down, writing down. This is something that you challenge us with when when we had our talk is writing down actually the perfect day yep. that you want from, from honestly specific timestamps. Yeah. Um, so we're not going to go into time audit yet. I want to get into that in a second, but I think honestly just writing down goals is so important. Like, like, like going back to what we talked about right in the beginning, like my goal was like right off air. I don't think it was on air. Um, my goal was 5k for the whole year. Yep. Like I wrote that down, like, like, that's insane that it came true from writing it down. But I think people also need, I think something you came up with was also breaking the goals down into yearly and then quarterly and then daily goals. Yep. Um, I think that's the big part is that a lot of people don't look, they just look at the yearly goal and hope and hope that one year from now they'll be there. Well, but I- I think it's exactly that. It's like if you're not breaking it down into something that's actionable, it really is just hope. Because like yeah. you're just like hoping that like, well, I hope like everything goes right and I get there. Um, and I think another thing I may have covered when I talked to you guys, the 
biggest part about creating daily goals is you're establishing integrity with yourself. So I think where a ton of people fail is they look at a goal and then they haven't established the requisite integrity to achieve that goal. So many people want to lose weight, but every time they go and lose weight, that voice in the back of their mind says like, remember the last like five diets you tried? Remember that time you failed? Remember that time you like ate 24 Krispy Kreme donuts um, when you were doing so well? Like, don't you think that's going to happen again? Yeah. Like the same thing with like building a business. Like like you, you tried to do this so many times before and you failed. Like what makes you think that today is different? So what daily goals allow you to do is if you just chunk them back far enough, it allows you to look at like one or three things that you're going to get done today. And then you cross them off your list and like you've won. Yeah. And then like when you accumulate those wins, you accumulate integrity with yourself where you say you're going to do something, you write it down and you do it. What that allows you to do is you get to set big, you get the permission to set bigger and bigger goals because you have a track record of success. If you don't have a track record of success, it's going to be very hard to convince yourself that you're going to be able to achieve this and get it going. But like once you have that track record of success and like Uncle Mo or momentum is on your, on your, momentum is on your side, like it's just a matter of putting in the work and getting there and doing things in a smart and strategic way. Yeah. Yeah. I was just actually reading for the funny the other week I was reading compound effect. So the big Mo is probably the biggest influence of the whole book, I think. Yep. Um, and he talks about, and I think it comes down to also with your goals, they can be habits too, as well. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people think that maybe it's like, they just think goals as like something with a monetary value or something with some sort of business goal, but no, it can come from personal growth, which is something that I've learned from atomic habits and the compound effect is that it's really kind of the small habits that you pick up along the way. Like say even like even reading 10 to 15 pages a day can have a huge profound effect on, on how effectively you run your own business. A hundred percent. And I think like James Clear is spot on when he, I think he was once says like, think of your like goals as like systems, not so yeah. much actions. And you're just putting systems in place. When I think of like personal development, I like to think about it as like a pyramid. So like on the base of that pyramid is your beliefs. So, I mean, these are the positive and negative beliefs that very much guide you as a person. Yeah. Now your, your beliefs are kind of accumulated from your entire life experience. But I think what very few people do is go back and review their beliefs and ask themselves if they're true or not true. So within beliefs, you can kind of ask yourself like, okay, well, I believe this. Like I believe that like money is super scarce. Well, the best thing you can do is list out or like side of time where like money wasn't scarce, like money was super abundant. Because like if you have something that's the polar opposite of belief, it allows you to look at when you did something the opposite and it worked and you can break that. So really like fine tune, look at your beliefs because like those dictate everything. It's like your, like those dictate your thoughts, which dictate your actions, which kind of loops back around to this constant feedback loop. So getting your beliefs in check. The second would be your principles and your values. So if your beliefs are really kind of like the software running the rest of the program, your principles and values are going to be the algorithms that allow you to say, okay, like, when presented with like this piece of information, I'm going to do X or I'm going to do Y. Ray Dalio wrote, wrote a phenomenal book about this. And when you start to like break your life into principles and values, it makes the decision making a lot easier. Like if one of your principles is just like, I am not going to eat after seven o'clock because I'm like, my sleep is significantly better. 
then like it's not really tempting because you've committed to that you're like okay cool like babe do you want to have dessert nope like i want to get really good sleep so i can feel good tomorrow so like we're going to do this so really taking the time to craft your principles, your values. Um, a lot of them are way bigger than not eating after seven. Yeah, <laughs> uh, That's something that I found like when I track my sleep, like really helps me. Um, the, the third is your habits. So the habits are really like, what do you do day to day that moves you towards your goal or away from your goal? I like to think of this one as a game of plus one, minus one. So everything you're doing is either moving you towards your goal or moving you away from your goal. The really cool thing is like you have the choice of if you're like getting that plus one or getting that minus one. Uh, and that is really based on where you're trying to go. And the last part of that development, like after you've gone through those are skills. So these are going to be the things and like you can you can combo skills and habits a little bit in the habits of like practicing the skills. But the skills are going to be where the rubber meets the road. And like those are going to be your ability to showcase your value uh, and do so at a very unique level. So I think like when you look at your personal development, if you start with beliefs and you move all the way to skills, you've got a really deadly arsenal of things that you can use at your disposal to move forward. Yeah. And I think kind of from my perspective, I guess to add to my thing, like look at me, for example, like we went through it earlier where I back at home, like my beliefs mm-hmm. kind of changed from being back at school. Like back at school is a completely different type of environment, uh, completely different type of setting. Uh, my beliefs kind of change when I'm there. Like in my head, they change because I'm so far away from this toxic area. Mm-hmm. But when I'm back here, like I said, going through this quarantine, it kind of adds to that belief system like, oh, shit, you're back in this area where a lot of bad things happen. And then it's just bad thoughts kind of accumulate and bad beliefs. Yep. And come come through so that's where i really i think looking back on it now i will admittedly say on this podcast that's probably where i've struggled the past few months which is probably why i haven't grown as much as i probably wanted to yeah. um which is really tough to kind of come to come to fruition with is a lot of people are actually scared to look at their beliefs and say where they may be wrong um i think that's a huge thing like i wrote it the other day Actually, I made a podcast about this the other day. It's calling yourself out on your BS. And yep. your BS can be from all three of these parts of the triangle. Um, like, literally, like your habits. Habits are the worst one. They're probably the easiest one to call out your bullshit about. Um, but your beliefs are the game changer for that. Like, if you, like if you can't call yourself out for maybe believing in something, like, you're not going to keep going. Like... That's kind of how I look at it. And I think it's a self-defense mechanism. So I forgot who actually said it. Um, in Alex Formosi's book, I think Jim Launch Secrets, the opening line is we, we question everything except that which we hold most sacred. Those beliefs we never question. I think I butchered that. But <laughs> there are just these things that people like really deeply associate with. And you're not asking yourself of like, does that make sense? Like, is this guiding me towards where I want to go? Like, is this helping me or hurting me? But like those same people and like myself and like everyone else included in this, you're achieving the, like the exact same results over and over and over again. But you're not asking the quite like you're not stopping to ask the question of like, why am I doing this? And like unless you change like your beliefs, which shape your thoughts, you're just going to continue to get the same result. I think it was like Einstein who was like the definition of insanity, just doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result. It's the exact same thing if you believe something so strongly that's not serving you then you're never going to be able to get out of that position. You're always going to be trapped in your own BS. Yeah. And I think, and I think one thing a lot of people could benefit from, which is a big plus one for habits is something like meditation, like having that time to kind of 
lose yourself in your own head. Yeah. You will allow yourself to gain these really kind of gain an insight to what you truly believe in. Cause even though you're not supposed to think it's really kind of weird, you are supposed to think and not supposed to think at the same time. Um, it's kind of crazy when I, when I have done it, I got to get yeah. back into it because I have been very poor with actually keeping that habit into my pro just because not doing the things I should be doing while I'm at home. Um, but, uh, but that's like one thing that I found that's where, I found the most productivity to come from something like meditation where you're able to just think to yourself for like five to 10 minutes every single day. Dude, it's huge. And it's funny you say that. Um, I'm on a really good streak of meditation now, but for the longest time, meditation is by far the most valuable habit I had, but it was the first thing I threw out when anything got hard. Yeah. Because like it, it's it's so innocuous you the fact like well like that's not like actually doing anything so like let me just shuck my ten to twenty minutes and like go do this other stuff that you fill other time with like BS but it, it's such a powerful tool because I think it offers you like that space between incident and re- like and reaction to like give you that buffer time to think about okay like what is it that I'm about to say or like what is it that I'm about to do and like is that going to be beneficial to me I, I think like the clearest example of this for me. Uh, me and my fiance went skiing in Utah this past spring. Um, and it was her first time skiing. Uh, to be very honest, like we were at Snowbird and it was it, it, it was a little like a little more difficult uh, for a beginner than I thought. Um, and she did way better than I did um, my first time skiing. But she, like, I had, been, like, meditated, and, like, one of the mornings, I just, like, oh, we got to get out of the house, fuck it. Like, morning routines goes out the door. Um, and I would tell her to do something, and, like, she wasn't doing it, um, which, like, really goes back on me as being a poor teacher for part of that. But I could feel myself getting, like, more and more angry. And I was like, okay, like, what's the difference between, like, today and yesterday? Because, like, the day she did it yesterday, she didn't say something cool. Cool as a cucumber. Let's, like, go back and do it again. I was getting mad that, like, she wasn't listening to me, which is an extremely selfish thing. And it's, like, in itself. And, like, I recognized when we were going over the chair left, I was like, okay, like, I didn't meditate this morning. Um, So those split seconds for me were like, okay, Zach, that's really stupid. Like, you're going to do no good for your relationship or for teaching her how to ski by, like, yelling at her. Like, that was out the window, and I was just getting, like, really snarky. (laughs) Yeah. No, actually, that's probably when – that's when the whole thing – like, when I started implementing meditation, that's kind of when this whole thing kind of started. So so I was reading Think and Grow Rich, and I was meditating, and it was, like, the two biggest influences I probably have had. Um, I recommend that book to basically anybody, but it takes a while. I think I'm – I'm about to reread it now for like the third or fourth time uh, because it's just so like you just have to delve deep into each different topic. And I'm like, man, I missed a lot every single time (laughs) I've read it so far. Um, But yeah, meditation made everything, especially as being from my perspective. I said this before on the podcast, but being a bouncer back at school, um, you're in situations where it's high stress. You have to make a decision right then and there to kick someone out. Um, you don't know how they're going to react. And it's kind of like, take a second. Like when the boss asks you to go kick someone out, it's like you want to take a second, think of what you're going to say that cl- to that person to not frustrate them, to cause an action that can have a huge ripple effect. Yeah. Um, so definitely learn that this year. But it takes a while, too, to learn meditation, to actually find the benefit. It took me like 20 like I think I was doing uh, whose whose app was I doing? 
Oh, I'm trying to remember. Oh, the Wake Me Up app. I yeah, say yeah. Yeah, that yeah. app was incredible. Um, I think I was I had to do the first like 50 day thing to even like, and I lost it like halfway through that first 50 day thing. I was like, <laughs> fuck. I was like, shit. <laughs> um, but I found, but halfway through, it was so beneficial and had so okay. many like things. Um, and actually, you not finding time goes right into what I wanted to talk about, which is time audit. Um, this is something yeah. else that I learned from you that I want other people to kind of learn too, because this is something that could take a short amount of time to truly see where you could go wrong in your day and how to effectively kind of set yourself up for success by utilizing your time correctly. A hundred percent, man. So this is something I got from one working in lean manufacturing where like everything is process driven. You're trying to like eliminate like minutes, yeah. like minutes over the course of the year of like thousands of jets um, is going to allow you to save a significant amount of money. But it's really looking at like every minute and every action of your day uh, and writing those down to try to figure out what's valuable and what's not. Because like, I mean, what is the biggest excuse that like everyone gives when they're not like they can't start a new habit or they can't do something like I don't have enough time. Like everyone has the exact same amount of time. It's really just like whether you use it or not, that determines like how far you're going to go. Like the people that are uber successful, they don't work significantly harder than everyone else, they have just become ruthlessly good at prioritizing what needs to be done, getting that thing done, and then prioritizing the next thing with very little lag in between of what's supposed to happen. Whereas a lot of people, you just start to like fill your day with like more and more stuff. And then when you try to add something that would be technically value add, like meditation alone, like, oh, okay, cool. I, I can't find like 20 minutes. I've got to do like this, this, and this. With the time audit, which I'll give a pretty high level example, is just like you take your week and then you take each day and you just write down each activity you did, when it started, and when it ended. At the end of the week, you can kind of like look at, okay, like this is what happened Monday, Tuesday, all the way through Sunday. The next step that I think is super valuable and like, really like the really the, where the money is really made is classifying those things was that a high impact activity low like impact activity or medium impact activity and like i consider that like high roi or high return on investment is like it has to be done by you and it has a very high degree of correlation between success and your goals like if you wanted to be an nfl quarterback then like, yeah, going and taking snaps and like passing with your receivers is going to be a super high impact activity. Yeah. Checking your email and trying to figure out what color you like color socks you're going to wear is going to be a super low impact activity. But what can happen is like over the course of a day, people's time gets eaten up by these small decisions or things that are just like significantly inefficient. And like there's not enough time for the high impact activities. So their growth over a period of time looks super slow. Whereas if you bucket those high, medium, low, and you either like eliminate or outsource the medium and low things, and you're just focused on high impact, maybe some medium, you have time to really delve in and like really get to the meat and potatoes of the issue. I think Cal, like Cal Newport talks a lot about this in deep work of you just give yourself the time to get lost in something and really become world class at that versus spending like 15 minutes here, 15 minutes there and like going like a mile wide and an inch deep. Yeah, I think it's kind of like finding, in a way that you just said, when you get to deep work, it's like finding your flow state. Like when, like when someone like me, when I'm doing my client check-ins, it's like 
One slide check in, two, three, four, five. Like all five of them I get done in a row because once after like the second one, you're just in it and you're kind of grooving. And it's like all the videos, like I do video kind of consultations, like on like the check-ins. So it's like once I'm in that groove and I have my wording right and everything's going, it's like I need to continue or I'm not going to feel that way. Or it comes down to like something like this where I'm editing the podcast and Editing is not the easiest thing, but when you get in that flow state, you go from editing to creating the previews to making sure the episode's fully correct. And by the time you're done, it's like three or four hours later and all of it's done. You're like, awesome. But well, I, I, yeah, yeah. And I think like what you're hitting on is the concept of batching. Yeah. So like once you can see all these activities, you can try to see, okay, like what sequence makes the most sense and like, where can I consolidate things to become really efficient at them and like get that flow state where you're just like, okay, I've got to crank out like 15 podcasts. If you just said like, okay, like every time I have a break and have 10 minutes, I'm going to try to edit that. You're going to get nothing done. Yeah. But if you say from like 11 AM to 4 PM, like we are just going to rip on these, like you can like get into like a good state, get the music going. You just like, by the end of it, you're like, Oh yeah, I got done with everything. So like what would have taken you like 10 hours to spurs over the course of the week actually just took five by consolidating that time together. Yeah. And then, and I think it goes back to, and I think one thing a lot of people look at is when you think, Oh, I don't have time for meditation. It's like check. I think the biggest one, a lot of people can check off is social media. Um, yeah. that's probably the biggest time when I could probably get off of it yet. Yeah, YouTube, I do, I do YouTube a lot, but most of my YouTube now is basically all podcast. So yeah. it's kind of like, I'm still getting something out of it. Uh, there are these occasional 9 PM, like just, I need something <laughs> to kind of just watch and fall asleep to. Yeah. Um, but other than that, it's like all educational, which is fine. Like make a note that's educational, but don't overdo it too. But social media is the one where people get lost so much in. Yeah. And I think like even YouTube, and I can say this because like I binge watch anything on self-development, productivity, like skill yeah, building. And, say that, like, <laughs> yeah, like, you, you, you name it, I watch it. Um, but I found myself sometimes getting stuck in this trap of like motion, not action. Yeah. Um, it feels really good to watch something about, okay, like entrepreneurship or like CEO interviews. Like, how is this person thinking about this stuff? And you go through like two hours of that, but you look at like your to do list and like, are you really getting done what actually needs to get done? And like social media is the exact same thing, minus a lot of the education. Um, <laughs> if you're not doing it, like, if you're not using social media as a tool, or you're not doing it to where like you've gotten all your stuff done, you have plenty of free time, you can like dick off and do whatever, like then it just becomes something that was like really eating into those minutes. And then you get to the end of the day and you're like, you're pissed at yourself and frazzled because you look at your to-do list and like one out of like five things got done and you're just like, F, like where did the time go? Yeah. Yeah. I think the one thing, yeah, that's definitely true because I've done that multiple and everybody's going to do it. It's a thing where everybody will do it at some point. No one's perfect. Um, but following the right people too can also help with that. Uh, like I have a separate account, like I have a personal account and then I have my, everybody can message me fitness account that shares information that I basically follow, like all my fitness friends on and everything Now I gain from that. Yeah. So it's like, there are moments when you can, but I try to spend like 10 minutes every hour that doesn't last right now. Right now it's a lot higher just because I'm communicating, but I use Instagram in a tool way as 
I need to communicate with someone like you, like to actually like make sure we're good to go on the podcast. You want to come on the podcast. Like that's how I connect with people. Yep. Well, I think like you just hit on this, an amazing point that took me forever in my business career to realize. So it's not just about like doing good things and putting them out and hoping people come. Like the, if you build it, like they will come like feel the dreams is a great movie. Yeah. Yeah. That is not how it works with your business. So I think like looking at your time and saying, where can I like strategically reach out to people? Where can I connect? Where can I try to figure out like how I can grow like this synergy between like how I can, I can add value to others? Like the self-promotion part of business is huge. Like I was going through one of Ramit Sethi's things and he was like, when I first started out, he was like, I spent 50% of my time trying to do like self-promotion, like emailing people if I could like guest post my blog post on their site, like if I could help them, if they'd be interested in stuff. And like that stuff, I mean like to Darren Hardy and the compound effect, like that really starts to add up. Because one, like connection is a fantastic habit. But two, like just like you had at your like like internship, like you created so many touch points that like when you actually have something to put out into the world, you can message these people you have already connected with a relationship. And you can already like you're off into the races. I think Russell Brunson calls it like digging your well before you're thirsty. Like having the t commitment, having the time bucketed towards strategic connection, I think is invaluable for the entrepreneur. Yeah. And I want to touch back on a point that you made, which is going over you're classifying high, medium and low. Yep. Um, so when someone goes, so I think the struggle is for a lot of people when they start their business is they can't outsource. But especially those medium and low. So how do you work up to like, is there a point to when you can? I know outsourcing is probably one of the hardest things. A lot of people look at something like assistant coaches or just a DM outreach person to have. Um, so how does someone work up to actually outsourcing their their business? So you can't like it's tough to outsource. I think let me break this down. The biggest thing you can do is say, OK, like what is the goal of my business? Yeah. Um, and make that goal as clear and quantifiable as possible. If your goal is to make a hundred thousand, awesome. Like your goal is like, I want to make a hundred thousand dollars a year coaching. Okay. Second part of that, what has to happen for me to make a hundred thousand dollars a year coaching? Okay. Like I need like 50 clients at this rate. Okay, cool. Second, third part of that, like, how are you going to get clients? And then you can start to like go on down the line and basically say, okay, this is my overarching goal. What are all the activities that has to happen to do that? If we were just talking about nutrition coaching, like you can break like that big goal of getting $100,000 into you need to have some sort of lead gen process, some sort of sales process, some sort of like actual delivery or fulfillment process of the product. And then you need to have some sort of like you as the entrepreneur have to be able to execute on that. From there, you can focus on like, what are the most important things to move the ball within each of those? And if it's not an important thing to get it from step A to step B, you eliminate it. I think so many people are just kind of filling their time with stuff. Like it's really like taking a critical lens at looking like what's going to be the most effective tool or strategy within that and then doing that. On the lead gen piece, to give like a tangible example, you don't like you can build a very successful business without like spending hours in the DMs. Yeah. If you, like a lot of your clients come from referrals, then why are you spending like hours in the DMs? Why don't you just double or triple down on the referrals? So it's looking at what's working and what's most effective, spending the, like the most of your time there, and then pulling back from other activities 
that may like move you forward, but not at the same clip or not at the same return rate as anything else. Yeah. Like every, everything needs to go back to like return on investment or return on time. Got like it. if you're doing something, like what is the value of that time that you're investing? Yeah. Cause I think that's, um, and I think a lot of people, like you were saying, if you build it, we will come. A lot of people rely on their post and this is something that I'm guilty of. Um, so I make a post saying, Oh, I'm releasing spots on coaching. Hopefully that people come, but uh, that also only works for people who I find it only works for people who have massive followings. Yeah. So you had to have a huge following for that to even think about utilizing it. So what's a way for someone like me who maybe have like 700 followers to get people maybe interested in their business or maybe doing that? Like I use email, like I'm using email now. I use the podcast too um, and stuff like that, like putting ads in the podcast for my own coaching. But what's a way kind of maybe that I could utilize something like give me as an example that could help other people? Super simple one. Uh, and I got this from Alex Ramosi. He was talking to podcast of Prime Fisher. Um, it's just like having a consistent referral or follow-up model. So list out everyone that you know. And then on a periodic, I've got this in a spreadsheet. So like in a periodic basis, I would say like once every, say like eight to 12 weeks, reach out to that person, ask if they know anyone, one or two people who may be interested in nutrition coaching. So two things are going to happen. Like one, like they themselves may be interested. Uh, I've had this happen a decent bit. A lot of people like are interested, but like don't want to say it. And they may sign up as clients or like they push your name out to other people who also may be interested. Some people aren't going to follow up. Some people are going to respond all good. But if you create that list and then like every week you're going through a certain portion of that list, then you constantly have that referral cycle churning. And then you're just following up every eight to 12 weeks. And at that point, like it's not bothersome. It's not pesky. Like that's just good follow up. Like a lot can change in a quarter uh, of just asking that. So it's something I would challenge like anyone who's a coach listening to this, like where, like who can you use in your network um, to follow up with? And like who already has access to the leads that you want? I think that simple, like that is a super simple solution to try to grow your business. And I guarantee if you do that consistently, so figuring out who you're going to reach out to, reaching out to like five people a day, you are inevitably going to grow your business. Got it. Yeah. I'm totally going to implement that actually, because that's something I never truly looked at was actually doing a referral cycle because that's interesting. Uh, because I think a lot of people are afraid, like, like me, I'll take it right off the bat. Like right. You, when you said that, I'm like, I wonder how people will react. But then again, they don't have to respond. Like they can, like you could see, like you could see either the DM or you could see the Facebook message. You could see something, uh, but they don't always have to respond, which is okay. Which is okay. I should be used to it because I've had people say no to come on the podcast, so I should be used to it. <laughs> I think the fear of rejection is huge, yeah. but it's something I talk to my fiance about a lot because, like, it, it is a very like part of real life. But like, you lose nothing by doing that. The return, like the return on investment is literally just your time. So like the upside is you get a client. The downside is that person says no and doesn't respond. As long as you're not doing this, let me caveat this in a super annoying or sleazy way. And like, you're always coming from a place of good intent. Then like, there's nothing wrong with doing that. Cause I think where you as the coach, and you as the business owner have to get behind is like, you are delivering something that's incredibly valuable to other people. So the best thing you can do for your sales and lead gen process is like, you really have to believe that. 
And until you believe that you are the one out there championing value and delivering a service that's going to change people's lives, it's going to be hard for you to sell that. It's going to be hard for you to ask people. It's going to be hard for you to DM. So I think like even before you create the referral system, I would kind of write down, and I just call this like the sales mindset of like, why is, why is what you're offering super valuable? Like, would you be excited about buying that? Like, is this something that like is going to change someone's life for the better? Until you can positively answer those three questions, you're always like, just like the belief going to have that voice in the back of your mind saying that like, you're not good enough. Like, this isn't going to help people. Like, what if they say no? Like, what if they respond negatively? Or like, you're just being annoying. But if you can come from a place of tremendous intent that you know what you're offering and the gifts you have are going to transform somebody else's life, it's really easy to get out there, pound the pavement, ask people what they're doing and try to get them into your business. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. Guys, if you're listening, this is probably one of the most valuable tools probably you will hear on this podcast. Um, and as we get to that, uh, we're going to we're going to basically wrap this up. I do that. If you you've listened to the a few episodes, have you listened to them fully? Uh, no, I, I spot listening to him today. Uh. <laughs> no, got it. It's all good. Um, actually, at yeah. the end, at the end of every podcast, I do the same three questions to kind of awesome. just see what people like to add value to other people's lives. So the first one is, what three things, if you could break it down to it for this episode, would you want people to leave with? So I think the first thing is that pyramid of self-development. So where are you in your beliefs? Like, do you have beliefs that are serving you? Yes or no? Um, a super easy action for that would be take a sheet of paper out. I want you to like turn it sideways, uh, hamburger style, and then draw three lines down it. And like, what are the beliefs that are not serving me? What is an experience that I've had that shows that belief is not true? So the opposite of the belief. And what is my new belief? From there, you can come up with your list of beliefs and start repeating those to yourself daily. You can make an audio track of those music in the background, something super helpful as well. Um, second is principles and values. So what are the principles and values in your life? How do you make decisions? What are the things that you value above all else? Third is looking at your habits. And then fourth, looking at skill sets. So like really getting in touch with that pyramid development be one. The second one is I think the thing we just talked about. Um, you like cannot sell until you are sold. So for everyone offering like their service and offering a business, like sales are the lifeblood of business. And unless you can say like, if you can't sell, you can't make money. And if you can't make money, you can't run a business. So really looking at the product you're offering, the service you're offering and getting sold on that and just believing in yourself so wholeheartedly that even if somebody says no, you say, okay, cool. There's gotta be another person I can help. There's gotta be another person I can help. That's gonna be the way that you're gonna get your gift into the world and really get out there. And the third, I think, is really looking at your vision for your life, connecting that to the vision for your like, business, and looking at your business as a vehicle for achieving your life's vision. I think we had talked about the perfect day a little bit. I would like really recommend anyone doing that, uh, bulleting out hour by hour, minute by minute, what is your perfect day? Like with no, like there's no limit to this. Like there's no, like, like you can't be too imaginative. Um, but like, what are you doing? Who are you spending your time with? What does that look like? And then saying, okay, like if that's the life that I want to live, what kind of business is going to support that? Cause like, if you only want to work four hours in your perfect day and you want to make a million dollars, it's going to be really hard to do that. Not impossible doing just one-on-one -on -one work. So yeah. like that could lead to say, okay, like how do I need to structure my business? Do I need additional coaches? Do I need products? 
do I need like one versus many solutions? And by defining the constraints in your perfect day, you allow yourself the ability to create the business that best fits that. Don't do the opposite of that and create a business and hope you're going to be able to live your perfect day from that. Really manifest the vision of your life and work every day to build that out. Yeah, visualization works, guys. Uh, a lot of people say it's a scary thing. There's a few people that go against it that I am actually friends with. Um, but there's pros and cons to it. But there's a lot of, like I said, there's big time pros for doing visualization. Um, so the second question is, what three books and or podcasts would you recommend everybody either read or listen to? Ooh, three like we're talking podcast episodes or podcast books. You can do you could do you could do I you could do either you could do a mix. I've had people do just straight books, straight podcasts, but you can do a mix if you want. Okay, we are gonna do the mix. I was like, what's been laying around? Um one of the best books I've ever read, it's a fiction book, would be The Alchemist. Yeah. Um and we talk about kind of the vision and the journey. Um I think the Alchemist does such a good job of summarizing that of what you go through on your journey, the ups, the downs, and like the different inflection points that you have to have to reach your, like your pot of gold or your treasure or where you're trying to go. Um, I could give you a ton of podcasts. So like the podcast episode that had the biggest impact on my life, um, there were a couple. So Mark Bell's Power Project, he interviewed Kelly and Juliet Starrett, uh, who founded Mobility Wad and is now the Ready State. So I was in a relationship at the time that like was not serving me. Um, we were at odds all the time. Like it was like not healthy for me. And it was something where like, I just knew like I wouldn't become my best self in doing that. Um, but at the same time, like I didn't really know what I wanted out of relationship. Like of all like the knowledge that you have, I think it was like 24, 25 at the time. Yeah. Uh, you're not exactly sitting on like a wealth of wisdom. And when I listened to that podcast and listened to how they interacted, how they spoke about each other, how like they viewed their relationship and how positively they talked about one another, I decided that like that was what I wanted. And from there, I came up with my list of like, who is my ideal? What is my ideal relationship? So like, how do you treat the other person? What does that look like? And who is my ideal partner? Um, Funny, smart, intelligent, super athletic. Um, and from there, like when I had the chance to date my now fiance, it was so easy to say yes, because I had defined that. And I was able to define that by seeing an example of that. Um, third book. So the four, uh, the four hour body is going to be my third book. Um, this is the book that sent me down the rabbit hole. It's Tim Ferriss's book on really like health optimization. Um, I literally think I Googled like something ridiculous, like how to get superpowers or something. Uh, <laughs> the late night. Um, but the four hour body gave me exposure into what it means to really take control of your like human vessel as a whole and like how much potential and control you have with that. I think before that, like I hadn't paid attention to diet. Like my exercise is basically like what I had pulled off like, online or like T Nation or like gotten programs the football team was doing. Um, yeah. But there was no real intent behind that. And I think going through this like book, like I went, like I did like an actual live for the first time. Uh, and I learned so much. And like that's what sent me down the podcast, like the rabbit hole of like listening to podcasts, listening to Tim Ferriss' show, following Ben Greenfield, like eventually listening to Kelly and Juliet Surratt talk on the power project and like podcasts have meant so much to me 
And it was that book that kind of opened me up and allowed me to like really deep dive into the different niches that like I now am fortunate enough to be able to work in. Yeah, actually, it's really funny because I don't know if you looked, I did have Enzima on the show. <laughs> really? Um, yeah, no, that was probably one of the coolest episodes. Like I yeah. was like, I was kind of starstruck when he came on. I was like, I listened to like all these episodes from Mark Bell's Power Project, like for so long. Like it was yep. like my study jam, like while I was like doing all my stuff, but having him on, it got really philosophical. So if you want to listen to that one, I highly, if anybody wants to listen to that one, you know, it's back in the, it's back in the episodes. Yep. Um, I'm trying to remember what number it is because I'm so lost now on how many I've created. Um, but that one was, that one was an epic one because he's just down, down to earth. It gets really down into that. But that, that podcast, I highly recommend everybody kind of listen to because Mark Bell has some incredible guests that come on that show. Yeah, I'll definitely check that out, man. It sounds like I, I've heard him talk before. He is uh, definitely a, a philosophical mastermind, to say the least. Yeah, yeah, to say the to say the <laughs> least, it gets a lot deeper than that. Um, uh, last question uh, to end the show. Basically, time to shameless plug yourself. Um, yep. Where can people find you if they want to ask questions? Get any? Uh, get your your CRM if they really want to learn more about yep. nutritional coaching and stuff like that. So I think like you can find me at Zach Mobius on Instagram. Um, super original, I know. <laughs> uh, Brad Jensen made fun of me on that. And then if you go to Biz Strategy Quiz, B-I-Z-S-T-R-A-T-E-G-Y quiz.com, um, I've actually got a really cool quiz that'll basically tell you for your business, what's the biggest weakness that you need to work on? Strategy, acquisition, fulfillment, or execution. And then how you can begin to start working with that and shaping your business like today. So like there's some really cool PDFs attached to that. Um, I wanted to make sure that like I can only touch so many people, but like if you go through that, you'll get the exact same diagnostic questions that I ask my business clients. Um, and I think they've been really formative in like shaping your business strategy, designing an acquisition strategy that's going to work for you, delivering world-class fulfillment, and like you as a solopreneur being able to execute on what your dream is. Awesome. Uh, everybody, uh, I want to thank Zach, first of all, for coming on the show. Uh, we had this one set up for a long, a long, long time. I think it was, like I said, like everybody I have now, it's been like in the books now for like two and a half months. We were finally yeah. able to get a date, right? It was like after graduation, then graduation passed. And I was like, oh, good time to get Zach on probably then, probably the beginning of June. So we got him on, um, gave a wealth of knowledge. Want to say thank you, first off, for coming on the show. Um, everybody go give him a follow. Uh, go ask him questions if you do, if you have any. Um, tag us. Actually, take a screenshot of the episode. Tag me and Zach on your Instagram stories. I'll be sure to repost some uh, when it when this whole thing comes out. Um, so, thank you everybody for listening to this episode of the Ace of Spada podcast. Definitely.